This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, this is Daryl Close. And when I'm not up at 2 a.m. feeding a newborn, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, money nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's a big celebration for the neighbor Doug family. See, tomorrow is Clown Day nationally, and because I come from a long line of clowns, I'm trying to figure out what to wear to the big celebration. Should I leave the big red nose at home? Is everyone wearing the bow tie that squirts water? Well, irregardless, let's kick off the festivities with these clowns. Joining us on our roundtable discussion today, a financial advisor who's part of Investment News' 40 Under 40, Eric Roberge. And because she's a glutton for punishment from Afford Anything, help us welcome Paula Pant. On our Friday FinTech segment, are you looking to score back-to-school deals but also want to help out your favorite charitable organization? To introduce you to browser extension Gumdrop, we welcome J.J. Ramberg. And now, the chief clown in this circus, Joe Salciha. I'm not sure I like that reference. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. It's the start of your weekend. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a great show we've got for you today. But first, you know what we've got that's great? How about $450 in your pocket? Because when you head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, guess what you'll find? You'll find that those credit cards you're using are horrible, not the best. And you'll also find that that checking account, that savings account could be much, much better. You know how we comparison shop everything. We should comparison shop those financial tools that we use every stinking day, shouldn't we? And if you're smart about it, you'll go to Magnify Money. What's cool? In our basement Facebook group, by the way, if you want to join our closed Facebook group, it's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement to get you there. But anyway, people were talking about the Fidelity Rewards card. And you know what? That's because Magnify Money lists that as number one with 2% cash back. And what's interesting, not just about the Fidelity card, but about cards in general, if you pay off your balance every month, either doing it yourself or using an app like Debitize to help you make sure you pay off your credit card every month. The interest rate doesn't matter. You get those cool rewards. And Nick from Magnify Money told me, he said, if you get less than 2% cash back, you're leaving money on the table. So stackybedjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Also, this week, we want to tell you about a cool new affiliate of the show. And actually, somebody who's been on the show a lot has been Bill Dwight from FamZoo. Wouldn't it be cool if you could teach your kids good money habits? They need to stack Benjamins from the very beginning instead of learning the hard way after college. The problem is 
Most kids don't learn money concept in school and they don't get much hands-on experience with money at home. Well, FamZoo's got the answer. It's a prepaid FamZoo card plus a financial education for kids all-in-one award-winning app. Parents can order the cards in just a few minutes at FamZoo.com. The kids get their own individual cards to make their own purchases, but they can't overdraft and they can't run up any debt. That makes it easy and quick to move money to the kids, keep an eye on their activity, and even lock the cards if necessary. It's the perfect training wheels for bank debit cards or credit cards later on. And it's funny because I always thought, you know, kids should just use cash. They shouldn't use credit. Then you realize we don't live in that society anymore. All kids ever see is mom and dad pull out the debit card or the credit card. They live in a plastic society. So let's teach them early. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash famzoo. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash F-A-M-Z-O-O for more there. All right. Fantastic show today. We've got not only Eric Robert's joining Paul and I, but we've got this cool browser extension called Gumdrop. Ready for back to school? Well, we're going to help you save some money and back to school in our Friday FinTech segment in the middle. So let's do this. All right, let's walk across the basement here to my dad's shortwave and crank this buddy up. So this buddy up, the shortwave is now my buddy. But let's talk to my buddy out in the desert in Las Vegas, Nevada, where Paula Pant joins me. Paula, are you my buddy? Well, quite, I'm totally your buddy, dude. I'm, I'm more of your buddy than your microphone. Won't you be my buddy? Aww. Be- you know, I just realized the sentence I just said could be interpreted in two different ways. It could mean that I am more of your buddy than your microphone is, or it could mean that... Oh, crap. I forgot the second one. <laughs> I am more of your buddy than you. <laughs> well, you could also be a microphone. Yeah, yes. right. Yes. That's what it was. It was, I am more your buddy than I am your microphone. Yes. And now that I know you're not my microphone, the, you, I guess you're right. Where, where the heck are we going? And I'll tell you where we're going. We're going all the way across the country, Paula, to the voice that everybody just heard. He's a popular speaker and fee-only financial planner and CFP in Boston, Massachusetts, working with professionals in their 30s nationwide. <laughs> Joining us today from beyondyourhammock.com, it's Eric Roberge. Welcome to the party, man. Oh, thanks, Joe. This is a, this is already a party. I can tell by the conversation that's happening so far. <laughs> You're already thinking, what the heck am I doing here? Right. I feel like I missed the drinks is what I feel like. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. If you knew how this thing went, you would have been on your second one by now, Eric. But tell everybody <laughs> about exactly what you do in your practice. Yeah. As a fee-only planner, I position myself to be an objective resource for my clients. And, and that means that I'm helping people in their 30s look differently at their lives use their money a little bit differently than traditional financial advisors would do that, which means that we're thinking outside the box. We're actually enjoying ourselves today and we're still planning responsibly for tomorrow so that we can continue to enjoy ourselves all the way through life rather than just waiting until retirement. Well, we're going to look at uh, three articles differently. How's that for a transition to today? Yeah. So I'm glad you're with us. Let's start off with our friend Ramit Seti's place. And I don't think, Paul, I don't think we've ever talked about Ramit on our roundtable segments. No, I, I was surprised when you told me that that's what we'd be talking about today for exactly that reason. I've never, uh, I've never once in three years of being on this roundtable regularly seen us discuss an article on his website. Well, it's never too late to start. So the, Ramit has this post called the four best ways to invest in your 20s. He said the absolute best way to invest money in your 20s in the exact systems to do it with. So that sounds 
very clickbaity. So, Paula, what, what do you think? He's got these four here. Do you agree with the four that he's presented? I do, but I mean, this article is very basic. It's very introductory 101. That being said, it's written in a way that's engaging and it's good advice. So essentially what he says is the standards, automate your finances, invest in yourself and in your own education, invest money for big purchases, get your employer match, save in a Roth IRA. It's, it's the standard, pay off your credit card debt. Yeah, I want to ask the CFP a question about these because Ramit's number one, and we'll go through these one by one, Eric, is invest money to eliminate your debt. And if you're in your 20s, I look at that compounding interest that people can get on retirement accounts, and I kind of put the brakes on and thought, invest money to eliminate my debt, or should I be putting the pedal to the metal toward retirement? Where do you stand? Well, I think it all depends on what kind of debt it is, because certainly, as he mentions, he mentions credit cards. Those usually have an extremely high interest rate. You're talking like 12 to 29 percent. You're not going to really get that in the market. I don't care how much you compound. However, when you think about a lot of what younger people have, student loan debt, well, that could be as low as two to three percent, you know, upwards of seven, eight, nine percent as well. So looking at the interest rate is going to be a key component to deciding whether you pay off the debt or you invest for the future. Yeah, Paula, investment number two is invest money early and often for retirement. And and it's funny because, you know, I take a look at these and I think, man, Ramit's got money for everything here. What do you mean by money for everything? I mean, first invest in paying off your debt, invest money early and often for retirement. Let's just do everything and you'll be okay. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Fundamentally, how to manage your money is a question, is the question of like, what are your priorities? We all know that paying off debt is preferable and that's, saving for retirement is also preferable and that putting a down payment on a house in certain markets is good and, 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 you know, the, like, no pun intended, the million dollar question is when you have a limited pot, how do you decide how to prioritize? And I think a lot of that does come from, as Eric said, the interest rate on the, on the debts that you carry, your stomach for staying in the market through dips, you know, it depends on all of those and what your goals are. Do you want to retire when you're 45 or are you willing to stay in the workplace until you're 65? Do you want to start your own business, which means that you have more volatility, but more upside potential? Or do you want to stay in the workforce, the W-2 workforce? Eric, you work with people, you said, in their 30s mostly, people that have a lot of debt in their 30s. What type of debt problems do you generally see people have that you help them fight through to really free up more cash flow? The biggest one is student loans, for sure. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the average person graduating now, undergrad, with $37,000 in student debt. So picture somebody that's a graduate student or postgrad, uh, a doctor, with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. That's just an overwhelming amount. Even if you're making a significant amount of money, looking at that debt is an emotional just avalanche. Yeah. So understanding... Do I pay that off in the traditional method? Do I use the public service loan forgiveness program? Do I refinance that debt for a lower interest rate? And what are the consequences of doing all these things? And then you take somebody who's in their 20s and they're uh, investing for the first time. What types of things should people look at as their first investment, maybe, if they're looking at retirement while they're in their 20s? Sure. I mean, early and often is the number one priority. And then just like you hear a lot of people say, it's index funds that are low-cost, vanguard, total stock market, total international stock market. If you're not so, um, if you're a little bit more risk-averse, maybe a total bond market as well. It doesn't have to be complicated, and you shouldn't 
not invest because you don't think you know what you're doing. Stick with the basics and start. Paula, uh, Eric sounds like a guy after your heart. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if uh, people who listen to this roundtable regularly know that I am a huge index funds advocate. Yeah. So uh, completely agree. <laughs> uh, keep a- it simple. Keep it. Um, you know, there's that expression that done is better than perfect. The problem is that a lot of people who try to make things unnecessarily complicated end up stuck in analysis paralysis and they end up doing nothing. It's far better to take a, just choose a simple strategy. Don't over allocate, you know, don't like chop up the pie too much and get obsessed with asset allocation or obsessed with finding the best funds, which statistically speaking are probably going to underperform a simple passive index fund anyway. Just keep it simple and invest and then focus your brain elsewhere. Well, which which brings up point number three. He says invest money for big purchases. And his, his real point here is to automate your finances. Do you use, Paula, do you use some of the apps that we talk about on our FinTech Friday segment? Uh, do you use anything to help automate stuff or do you just set up a system with your bank? You know, I used to use the Digit app, but then when they started charging a monthly fee, I went away from them. So now... I mean, I, I use the Robinhood app just for some playtime investing. Um, other than that, I can't think of any particular apps that I use. I used to have a Smarty Pig account in which I created sub-savings accounts, but I did away with that as well. I think over time, I've really just gone to a simpler and simpler strategy. I think that's the the theme here. Yeah. Eric, how about you? Any apps that you like or you see your clients use that you really are a big fan of? Yeah. You know what? I think when it comes to apps, I mean, apps are great because they make things easy, right? And they, and they take away the fact that you might have to do something. So if you automate it and set it and forget it and have it be done for you, that's great. However, like Paula said, there are certain fees that are built into some of these apps. And if you can get around that and still take the actions you need to, why not avoid those fees? So for me, I don't really use any apps. I have maybe a Capital One 360, but that's just like my app to my bank account and I can move some money around there. But otherwise I'm setting things on automation through my bank, through my investment accounts and letting it ride. Well, and sticking with you, Eric, his fourth investment is your constant education. And I think a lot of people overlook that. Would you agree? Yes. This one is so close to my heart and it's not necessarily about college or a a master's degree because that may or may not actually help. It's more about investing in personal development. It took me until I was 27 years old to invest in personal development, meaning looking at me, reflecting on who I am as a person, who I want to be as a person, who I am in business and who I want to be in business, and then actually digging in deep and making really hard decisions on changing myself that actually projected me forward and got me to where I am today. So putting in you know $5,000, $10,000 into some growth training and development programs was so significant for me that I wish I had done that that much earlier in my life. I think that's a great place for us to leave that piece. Let's move on to our second one, which comes to us from Investment News. This is an industry rag for financial advisors, financial planners. This piece is written by David Haviland, and it is called How the Investor is Lost in the Active versus Passive Debate. David says, let's start a debate about how best to construct portfolios that meet the needs of our clients and that can withstand the test of time through all market conditions. So, Paula, earlier you were talking about keep it simple. And for you, you Mm -hmm. keep it passive. Do you think that that the active passive debate is a valid one? Or does David have a better point here that, you know what, we should we should start off with the client needs first and then maybe we look at active versus passive later? 
Well, the problem is what it says, what people want is not necessarily what people need. And so people may think that they want a fund manager who sells during bear markets and puts everything in cash during bear markets. But I think what the statistics show is that frequent trading, trading in and out, trying to time the market over the long term does not do as well as a long term buy and hold strategy. So this might be one of those cases in which, you know, the customer is not always right and people shouldn't necessarily get what they want. Yeah, he says in this article, based on decades of working with investors, we find the average investor wants a manager to make the buy and sell decisions for them. This is what ETF strategists do. Yet since most active managers do not sell, the average investor is forced based on their emotions to make their own sell decisions, and typically they just fire the manager. These emotional decisions are most often made at the worst possible time or at near the bottom of a bear market. So Eric, I think what he's talking about here is we just go Paula's route and we buy passive funds, and now it's us and our emotions and an S&P 500 fund and behaviorally, we don't do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, I was a little bit confused about this article because he was talking about active versus passive, you know, fund manager versus the retail investor. And it's kind of like apples and oranges here. From the basic passive versus active, I do agree. You have to decide on whether you are a believer in passive strategies that the market is always efficient or that you're not and that you're an active manager and that you can actually achieve better returns in the benchmark. Because once you decide that, I think the answer is simple. So I'm a passive investor. I would invest in index funds and make sure that my asset allocation is aligned with my risk tolerance. But I would stay that way. Yeah, but staying that way for somebody who's you, who's educated in the market is one thing. For somebody who's listening to the show, who maybe hasn't been through a financial downturn because we haven't had one since uh, 2008, that person might experience a downturn next week and completely, you know, let their emotions rule the day. Sure. That's where I'm a little bit confused on the article. Are they saying that we have to build funds so that people don't get emotional in down markets? I think that is what he's saying. I think that he, he says, let's start with the investor first and realize that they're going to be emotional about what they do and then build a portfolio based on that and also build maybe checks and balances based on that. And if active is, if we find an active manager who can, who can make those decisions so that the investor knows they're being made, then they're not going to feel compelled to pull the trigger, I think. God, that is so tough because I'm actually reading a, a book right now. It's called Portfolio Design. And it talks about the prior nine recessions that we've had since uh, the World War. And basically, in all of them, except for one, when stocks do poorly, bonds do well, right? So say we just look at that basic situation there. If you have stocks and you have bonds, the more bonds you have, the less overall return you're going to have down the road. So how else can we make a portfolio that would adjust to meet the emotional needs of an investor? I think it's just such a weird argument to make. If I think, though, that I have a manager who would sell if it were the right time to sell and that manager's not selling and my confidence is in the hands of that manager, then I'm more likely to do the right thing. What do you think of that? Well, so that's it right there. So if you're selling, you believe in active management, right? Because if the market's dropping and you're like, you know what, I got to sell. Well, you, you believe that you can do something better than the market versus something like what Paula says as far as index funds go. When you've invested in index funds, you ride it out. So if you're selling because of emotions, you're already in the wrong boat, unless you believe in active management and you think you can beat the market. 
Paula, I know you totally agree with what Eric's saying there, so I'm not going to ask you about that. But, <laughs> but, 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 but well, you and I both know there's a lot of people listening to this show. We we see mm-hmm. mutual fund and ETF outflows during downturns, and everybody does the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's painful to see that. It's painful to to read those articles. It's painful to get those emails from people who are who are panicking. The thing is, the active versus passive conversation when it comes to dealing with a bear market is, yeah, I think it's not the right approach. If your risk tolerance is conservative and you know that you're not going to be able to handle a downturn well, then the solution is not to go into active funds. It's to reallocate your portfolio, get a bigger percentage of bonds in there, get a bigger cash outlay in there, cash holding. You're saying then it's it's more of a commitment to buy and hold. It's a commitment to buy and hold. And also it is finding the appropriate solution to the problem. So if the problem is that you cannot stomach seeing volatility and, and you cannot emotionally stomach seeing a major drop during a recession or a downturn, then the solution to that is not to pay for an actively managed fund. The solution to that is to put a larger percentage of your portfolio in bonds and cash. Gotcha. Is this then, Eric, where a financial advisor comes in where they can, you know, pet you on the back and say, hey, guess what? The best thing to do is just ride this baby out? Yeah, I think so. It really comes down to understanding, like what what Paula was saying, your risk tolerance. That's the one thing like robo-advisors out there, they're not really communicating with people. So they could help you invest, but if they don't really know your emotions and what your true risk tolerance is, they can't choose funds for you. So there's a human touch that's needed if you think you can't hang on and and do what's right and stay in the market to have that advisor, anybody that could be the advisor that just gets you out of your own head and lets you see things from an objective standpoint so that you can hold on and, 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 you know, ride that market down and then back up. Because it's been proven that index funds will, over time, beat out active funds. Even if you don't think so, they're still going to do well. And back to that whole done is better than perfect. Just do it. Hold on to it because it's not going to be that bad. Do you put any downside protection on your exchange traded funds at all? Do you put stop losses on them or anything? I don't. No? Yeah. No, we build in the the asset classes that are going to work for the long term and we keep it that way. Yeah. Good stuff. I got to take a quick break from our awesome discussion with Paula and Eric. To say a big thanks to everybody who is taking our courses. You know, the average American family saves less than 10% of their take-home pay, according to an article from The Motley Fool. That means we're paying ourselves less than we tip our servers in restaurants. Isn't that crazy? If you want to learn the techniques to figure out your magic number, cut expenses, earn more money, and set up a system to save, take our Save 50 course at stackybenjamins.com forward slash save 50 or just head to stackybenjamins.com and you know what if you scroll down you see our save 50 course right there you'll learn all the tricks to save more money than you ever thought were possible and let's say that you screw up and you don't save 50 percent of your money you only save 45 percent of your money wouldn't that stink to only save 45 percent of what you make stackybenjamins.com forward slash save the number 50. All right, let's get into our Friday FinTech segment. For those of you new to the show, guess what we do? We tell you about things that I've found online that are pretty cool. We don't endorse any of the companies that we have on. They're just compelling things that uh, I want to know more about. So I invite them on the show to tell us more about their FinTech. And JJ Ramberg not only has a business show, 
on MSNBC. She doesn't talk politics. She talks business over there. She has this cool company called Gumdrop. And uh, when I first heard about Gumdrop, it was in association with back to school. And I'm like, uh, what if we could save some money for people on back to school and at the same time give some money to our favorite charity? So J.J. Ramberg's got that. So let's uh, say hi to J.J. Ramberg on My Dad Shortwave. And JJ Ramberg joins us from Gumdrop. Welcome, JJ. How are you? Thank you so much. I am great. How are you? I'm fantastic now that you're here because you're going to save us a bunch of money, right? I hope so. That's what I plan to do. <laughs> well, so how did the idea for Gumdrop come about? Tell me the story. Okay, I will give you the short one because it's very long. But my brother and I started this company 11 years ago. And Basically, what Gumdrop does is it gets you all of the best coupons and deals automatically when you shop online. So it's a browser add-on, and when you get to checkout, there's a little thing that says, do you want a coupon? You say yes. It goes through all the coupons in the universe and automatically puts in the best one that's out there. And it started because I love coupons and I hate when I get to that submit coupon box and I don't have one. You feel stupid, right? If there's a box for this, there must be a coupon out there. But the experience of going and looking for coupons is frustrating and annoying. And so we just wanted to make the whole thing easy. That's cool. So it works on in any retailer? Uh, we work with about 40,000 retailers and okay. services online. Gotcha. And any browser that I use, or is it a Chrome extension? Is it? Does it matter what browser I have? It doesn't. It works across browsers. Wow, that's really cool. So, And also, not only do I get great deals, but you guys also have a charitable mission. Tell me about that. We do. So you basically, you go to getgumdrop.com, you add it, it, which takes 15 seconds. And then once it's added, it's good to go. When you go shopping, you'll get the best coupons automatically. But if you want, you can register with us. And in the registration, you select a cause and a percentage of what you spend at participating stores goes back to that cause. So we've raised about $13 million so far that has gone to, you know, big organizations like the American Cancer Society and then down to things like, you know, my dog needs a surgery and I need help paying for it. Wow, that's really cool. Tell me about some of the deals you've seen people get lately using Gumdrop. Oh, gosh, there's so many, right? I got, let's see, 20%. You're catching me on for a second. There's, <laughs> right. there's 20% off of places. There's free shipping off of places. We work with everywhere that you would already shop at. And so it's just the normal coupons that you see, you just do not have to go look for them anymore. That's the whole beauty of this. If you get gumdrop, then you know that when you get to that submit coupon box, you have a coupon if it exists in the world. Well, I love having you on right now with back to school shopping happening because everybody, you know, is out uh, trying to get the best deal and everyone's doing a ton of shopping as we prepare for kids going back. I understand how people save money, JJ. The question everybody is asking, how do you guys make money then if you're giving people a much better deal? Well, what we do is we have a deal with the retailers so that a percentage of the sale comes to us when we refer someone. And then when someone selects a cause, we donate half of our money, of our revenue off the top to that cause. Gotcha. Awesome. And then uh, people are worried about security. Is there any reason for me to worry about security when I put Gumdrop on my browser? 
There's not at all. No, our company's been around 11 years. We, we are perfectly safe where the, the browser extension is totally safe. I love how it says on the site right now, $145 million people saved using Gumdrop. You or your brother ever realize does it get this big? You know, we started this. It was like Startup 101. He was working at home in California. I was working at home in New York, basically in my pajamas all day, launching this thing, one contract designer, one contract engineer. We really believed in it, but but we just launched it. We just thought it was a good idea and just put it out there and saw what happened. That's so cool. I love a success story. Tell everybody again where they get it, JJ. Getgumdrop.com. It's so easy. It takes nothing from you except for 15 seconds to add this, and then you automatically get all these savings. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to JJ Rambert for hanging out with us today. Uh, for more on Gumdrop, again, stackybenjamins.com and go to our show notes for today and we'll have a link there. All right, let's get back to our awesome discussion with Paula Pant from Afford Anything and financial planner Eric Roberge from Beyond Your Hammock. Let's move to our third and final piece. And guess what, everybody? We're going to talk about a piece from the Moneyologist column at MarketWatch. We love doing this from time to time. So we haven't given either Eric or Paula the answer that the Moneyologist gave. We're interested in what they would do. And uh, let's see what they're going to say about this piece. This is Dear Moneyologist, my boss asked me if I was willing to put up a new employee for two months before we moved to a new city. I live alone, like my privacy, and had never met the man before, so I said, no way. Still, he was moving to New York City from the Midwest. I didn't want to leave the guy completely in the lurch, so I thought he'd let him stay on my couch, quote, for a couple weeks until he found a place. The new guy was nice, not a terrible roommate, but made very little effort at finding a new place. At the end of the second week, I dishonestly said I needed my apartment back in a week to host friends, and he moved out a few days later. He offered to pay. I turned him down, figuring that if his staying over was an act of kindness on my part, and if I had to, I could more freely toss him if things went wrong. In retrospect, I wonder if accepting the money would have forced us to talk timeliness and made it easier on me when the two weeks were up. Should I have handled this differently? What do you think? We'll have our guests go first. Eric... Should he have uh, asked the person for money for staying there for two weeks while they got settled? I don't think money has anything to do with this competition. All right. I think it's all about setting expectations coming in. So it's his job to tell the, the guest that I am willing to do X for you, which means stay here now. And it's going to be for this amount of time. And at that point, you're going to move out. Because if he agrees to that coming in, then you can always check back with that conversation. But if you've never had it, then you're lost and then you're scrambling. And then charging him money, you, you wouldn't charge him for those two weeks? I mean, that's a different scenario. I don't think that would have changed the fact that he would have stayed or not. Because if right. you charged him, he'd be like, okay, well, now I paid money. I'm going to stay longer because right. screw that. Right, right. Paula? Again, I think that this is the wrong solution uh, applied. You know, solving a solution and the problem do not match. So I agree with Eric. Charging this guy money is not the appropriate solution to the problem at hand. The appropriate solution is to discuss expectations and boundaries up front. And, you know, arguably, if you charged money, it could make it more of a transactional thing, um, thereby increasing the likelihood that he might stay longer and view it as a, you know, Airbnb or something. An Airbnb of sorts, (laughs) exactly. So I I guess the, the broader point is that 
Charging somebody money is an act that has a many different interpretations. And if your goal is to achieve a particular outcome, in this case, the outcome of the guy leaving, then why would you choose an act that could have multiple interpretations when instead you could cut to the chase and just say, hey, you're welcome to stay for X amount of time, but I would really like to not host you for longer than that particular period of time. I mean, that seems like the most direct solution. Yeah. Okay. What about the boss? I mean, is it right of the boss to ask one employee to have another employee stay at their house, Eric? I think the boss should take hold of that and do it himself. Because, I mean, why would you just put that on some other employee? Because you know the employee is going to say, yes, you're the boss. Yeah. That's kind of unfair. Yeah, that's what I thought. Paula, could you imagine your boss coming to you and saying, hey, uh, will you host a so-and-so for a couple of weeks? Yeah, that's that's weird. I uh, I could not really imagine that, particularly given that this guy's sleeping on his couch. Like, it's not like he has a guest room even right. or a mother-in-law cottage. I mean, right. hey, can somebody sleep on your bathroom floor next? That was, that was my first thought. I'm like, what, what's this boss doing? Like, that's that. I don't know. That, that kind of seems like boss overstepping their bounds. All right. Yeah, that, I agree. Yeah, good stuff there. I'll link to that. Friend, you can find out what the moneyologist said. Uh, everybody can find that out on their own time because we're done with this party. So let's start off. Uh, we'll give our guests the last word. Let's start off with Paula. Paula, what's going on over there at the Crazy Afford Anything podcast and blog? At the Afford Anything podcast, I am giving the talk that I gave at the World Domination Summit. And so I've broken it up into three different episodes. And... Uh, One of the episodes that's already aired is about myths around money. There will also be an episode in which I pose questions, 11 questions that can help you figure out what your values and your priorities are. Then there will be an episode that's dedicated towards growing the gap between your earnings and your spending. So that is all coming up at the Afford Anything podcast. And at the blog, who knows? There will be something, I'm sure. (laughs) Probably. At some point in the future, there may be. (laughs) Yeah. Rumor has it. Eric, thanks for playing with us today. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. So tell me what's happening at beyondyourhammock.com. Well, beyondyourhammock.com is always uh, up to something. I think these days I'm focused on giving talks to audiences. Actually, one of the my goals is to give a talk in front of 10,000 people. Not happening yet, but it's something on the docket. And I think the, the topic is how to create a powerful personal financial plan and do it outside the box. So, I mean, on my blog, you're going to have updates ongoingly every month about new and innovative ways to change your perspective about money and break down those sacred cows so you can do things differently and live that life that you really love to live. That's awesome. And we'll link to beyondyourhammock.com on our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Also, I have to ask you, you know, our second piece was from Investment News. How surprising was it when you pick up Investment News and find out that you're one of the 40 under 40 financial advisors uh, last year? (laughs) Well, it wasn't so surprising because they did notify me before. Oh, did they? All right. But I was psyched to see that because all of my friends had done it and I wanted to get in there too. (laughs) If your friends are doing it, I got to get there too. That's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that honor too. That's a big thing. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thanks a ton. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, that's going to do it for today, everybody. But guess what? 
We've got a great week next week that I want to tell you about. We've got some stuff happening in the basement. And third, I want to talk about the game we play because to keep myself entertained, we play a game here on Fridays while OG is out of the basement. I'm here by myself. But first, got to say a big thanks to anybody who's headed to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Well, why am I thanking you? You should be thanking me for introducing you to magnify money. Because when you put this in, and I'm going to do this right now, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. It takes you right to the site. And there, what you'll find is you can compare the best offers for balance transfers on your credit cards to clean up your debt, cash back rewards, 0% credit cards, low interest credit cards, checking accounts, savings accounts, linked savings and checking, CD rates, personal loans, student loan refinance, auto loans. It's all there. StackyBedjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And when you go to magnify money, let's do this. Let's do what we do every week. Let's take a look at at interest rates on savings accounts. And I'll click that. Last week, it was 1.4 was the winning rate. And there was one at 1.4. And it's still the same. So what I like about magnify money is it tells me that I'll earn $154. I wasn't getting an interest. I also have a grade here that is the fine print, and they give them an A, so there's it's pretty transparent what they do. By the way, the company's Dollar Savings Direct, and minimum balance $1, 1.4%. The next best one, 1.35, 1.3, 1.26. So if you're getting worse than 1.4 on your savings, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, and you'll see that and much, much more. Also, if you've got kids and you're looking at education for your kids, well, a big education you want to give them is a financial education. That's why we like a company called FamZoo. FamZoo is a financial educator because they add a prepaid debit card that you use with your kids to teach them about money. It makes it very easy to move money back and forth. They can't overdraft. They can't run up any debt. There's an app that you use to quickly move money to your kids. You can keep an eye on their activity. You can even lock the card if it's necessary. It's training wheels for what they're going to get in the future. I'm a guy who went to college and had zero training on credit cards, got an American Express card, and within two months, I had it taken away and destroyed my credit. You don't want that for your kids, and they live in a plastic society. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash famzoo. By the way, they might sound familiar because Bill Dwight, uh, the founder of famzoo, has been on the show a few times over the years, talking to us about kids and money. We need to have Bill on again soon here. Maybe we'll do another kids and money roundtable soon. All right, that's that. Let's talk about what's coming up on Stacking Benjamins next week. And by the way, didn't we have a fantastic week this week? If you didn't hear on Monday, Diana Enrique from the new movie on HBO about Bernie Madoff, man, did you miss out. A lot of great lessons we can learn. And I love what she said about not trusting your gut. If you're trusting your gut with your money, your gut tells you that you should believe somebody, uh, guys like Bernie Madoff, they they know how to get around your gut. Your gut would have told you time and time again, she told us, that Bernie Madoff would have been a great person to listen to. And then on Wednesday, Anna Davies, $15,000 she saved just by getting more organized. So go back and listen to those. But let's talk about next week. Next week on Monday, we shine the spotlight on you because we're talking about questions you've asked us. We've got a full episode of listener letters on Monday. Then on Wednesday, we had, uh, we, we do this every year, Len Penzo, who of course is uh, going to be back on the round table next week. Len Penzo from lenpenzo.com does a sandwich survey. And if you're new to the show 
Every year he takes peanut butter and jelly, a cheese sandwich, a BLT, salami, bologna. He takes all the different things you find on a sandwich. He goes to the grocery store and he finds out what they cost. And it's a great way of looking at inflation. We also talk a little back to school and about packing your lunch there. Uh, it's a fun thing. And by the way, last year we got a one-star review from somebody that said that we advocated a cheese sandwich and it was borderline child abuse. We, 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 we don't advocate anything on Stacking Benjamins. We just had fun with inflation and talking about it. And of course, the guy who's great at that, Len Penzo, coming on the show on Wednesday. On the roundtable next Friday, uh, fantastic roundtable. I'll let you listen for that. Rob Wilson, by the way, is going to join us. He is on television all over the place. You see Rob Wilson in the media. Can't wait to have him join uh, Paula and Len next Friday. But on our Friday FinTech segment, a new insurance company called Go can help you very quickly compare your car insurance and maybe find a better policy. And I'm going to tell you about the FinTech involved with that. It's, it's very, very simple. I was blown away. I can't figure out why more insurance companies don't do it the way that they do it. So uh, love for you to hear about this emerging company. That's next week on the show. All right. We have a game we play here on Friday. We've been playing it for a little while. We've got a couple weeks left. Send me, joe at stackybenjamins.com, your reply to this. What is a movie that describes Doug's life? We've got some great ones. This one comes to us from John. Got this one just yesterday. John said Doug's life could be the postman because Doug always brings down the mail. That's a good one. Also, this comes to us from our friend Roxana. Roxana says Doug's life should be a series of unfortunate events. That's 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 a great one, too. So that's what you do. Just send me a movie, an existing movie. Chris says Doug's movie could be either Dazed and Confused or The 40-Year-Old Virgin. I think it's probably a little bit of both, Chris. That's what you do. Send those to me, Joe, at stackybedjamins.com. OG and I are going to pick out the top five. And then over the next few weeks, we'll have uh, people vote. But you got a couple weeks to get those in, but get them in now. We'll put together a prize pack that we put together specifically for you for whoever ends up being the winner. That's it, man. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see everybody back here on Monday. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Eric Roberge from Beyond Your Hammock. You can find a link to his blog and financial services at beyondyourhammock.com or in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com. Special thanks to Joe's mom for washing my clown uniform. This was my dad's clown uniform and his dad's uniform before him. On that note, do you know why the clown went to the doctor? Because he was feeling a little funny. I'd love to sit here and talk, but my ride's coming to get me. We're fitting about 50 friends into a Volkswagen Beetle. Every stop sign, one of the guys insists we switch seats. It's funny, unless you're behind us. Yeah, there had been an elephant in my dad's circus, but he left because he was sick of working for peanuts. Also, you know how to frustrate a juggler at the circus? Tickle his balls. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm starting a company manufacturing clown shoes, which will be no small feat. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks to my Facebook friends for sharing the change of venue for our clown celebration. I guess there was a fire at the circus. It was intense. What do you suppose they call that? A novelty act? I don't know, but it wasn't too bad. Well, that's a novelty. (laughs) Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend O.G., who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.